the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studio. It's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. I'm Ramsey personality Rachel Cruz, hosting this hour with fellow Ramsey personality and best-selling author and good friend, Ken Coleman. And we're taking your calls, America. So anything in regards to your money, your job, your career, your work, your relationships, give us a call and we will talk through your situation and we'll give you our thoughts and hopefully uh, give you some guidance on what to do next. Now, if you've been listening to the show for a while and you're enjoying it, please consider sharing the show. Word of mouth, you guys, is so, so helpful when it comes to people hearing this message and getting hope in their life. So share, like, subscribe, leave a review, all the things. Again, it helps with not just the algorithm of all these platforms, but also it helps more people get this show so that they can hopefully change their life. So we're gonna go to the phones this hour and we got Josh first up in Virginia Beach. Hey, Josh, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for taking my call. And I really want to say uh, God bless you guys and your ministry that you do. You know, you help a lot of people. And, uh, you know, I listen to your show all the time. So I appreciate all of you guys and and what you do for us. Thank you. Thanks, Josh. I appreciate that. How can we help? I have kind of a complicated situation. Um, I am currently doing uh, the baby steps. I'm going through Financial Peace University. Uh, I've been doing the every dollar budget and really been uh, hitting this hard. Um, I'm married, uh, been married about four years. Uh, my wife is not on board uh, with much of the financial improvement. Um, and the complicating thing with that is um, she keeps you know, threatening me with, with divorce and separation. I pay 100% of our bills and I feel almost like a prisoner in my own home because I help uh, support not just uh, myself, but her and uh, her son. I have a, a 12-year-old stepson, and I work full-time as an ER nurse. I travel for work, and I go to school full-time and hoping to change careers. So I've kind of just been at like a, just kind of like a mental breaking point. I mm. don't know exactly where to go and, and how to how to find peace at home and you know, it's uh, just something hard to deal with. And I've, uh, I listen to you guys all the time, and I thought you'd be a great place to reach out to. Is the threatening of divorce over the FPU steps, or is it something else? No, we're not on the same page with just about anything. Right. Financially, we've been separate the entire time we've been together. Right. It's worked for us. I know, Rachel, you're big on you know having a combined uh, account and the hard part about um, this situation is um, she has financially sabotaged herself to the point where I'm okay with the separation. Um, you know, I want what's best for everybody, but um, she cannot support herself and her son. Okay, so let me just yeah put a little caveat when we do talk about combining accounts. Uh, it's yeah, we think it's very crucial, and when it doesn't happen, we always say there's a reason why it's not happening and it can be a multiple reasons you know of they were burned before in a divorce and they're scared or they want the control like whatever there are reasons of why that doesn't happen and our push is always okay let's get to the reasons that isn't happening so for you just in that one example as you said the reason is is because she financially has sabotaged herself and have she has she sabotaged herself in other areas too josh not just money is this 
this sounds like every part of your marriage, you guys just aren't, you're not a fit. What, what, what caused you guys to get married in the first place? Was it different four years ago and it's changed? Um, yes. From when, when we first met, um, everything was, was great. I mean, we were really, you know, really in love. Things were great. Um, we actually met on vacation and just kind of doing a distant dating thing for a while. And as a traveling nurse, I, I took an assignment out here to kind of test how things would go. It went very good. And then, um, she went through a really ugly custody issue with her son and her ex. And I really tried to step up and, you know, be uh, a good man and support her and her son. And I've been doing that. Mm-hmm. And the, um, the, the difficult part is, uh, I didn't find out about how bad some of the financial stuff was until after we were married. Um, and there was a multitude of things, but, um, I've been trying to support her and actually in getting into financial peace and uh, trying to work through the, the Ramsey steps. I was like, Hey, you know, we're not on the same page with a lot of things, but let's, let's maybe do this together. It might be like a team building thing. Like, Hey, let's get excited about something. Let's do this together. And it's just opened up a, a, a can of worms that I just did not know was there. And, you know, I, I, I talk all the time about trying to help her, but now I, I can't, and it's really okay. So not to get too technical, Josh, I'm just sure. like the money side, you called for the money. So I know Ken can probably speak into some of the, the other parts of this, but for the money specifically, what has caused her to sabotage herself financially? Is it that she spends too much? Is it that she's not working? Is it that she, yeah. What, what is, what's the main, okay. the main reasons? Okay. I'm sorry. I know I'm kind of all over the place. No, you're older. fine. You're well, fine. No, 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 you're great. So uh, she's actually an accountant, um, of all things. <laughs> um, so she struggles with personal finance where, you know, um, I know she took out a lien against her vehicle, um, which ended up breaking down. That uh, was about a $10,000 loan against the car, which the car was, you know, not salvageable. So I ended up having to give her a down payment for her to get another vehicle. Uh, I know I found out that she's taken out loans against her retirement. And her credit score, like, I think it's in the low 500 range. So even though we were trying to go through this process of you know, potentially separating, she can't even get approved to get an apartment on her own. So she's still living with me because she can't go out on her own. Yeah. And for the last six months, even though we're basically separated but living together, I pay 100% of the bills. And I just kind of feel almost like a prisoner in my own house. Yeah. And be trying to be yeah. a good Christian, man, I can't, I can't foreseeably just like, Hey, I'm going to break the lease. I'm going to move out. You and your son have to figure something out. Well, she has a lot. She obviously has a lot of brokenness in her life and in her story that is not dealt with. And it's coming out sideways in all these different ways. Um, And so have you guys, have you guys done therapy? Have you guys done marriage counseling? Do you have a good church home? Do you guys have a pastor? Do you have a a local therapist that y'all have seen at all? Have you gone that route? We've uh, done couples therapy twice, and she actually even joined twice, in on a like phone call. Twice, like two sessions? Two different, no, two different therapists, like 20 sessions. Oh. And then she actually met with me and one of the uh, Ramsey coaches recently, and even that didn't seem to help. Okay, and so I, Josh, do you want to fight for this marriage, or do you feel like you guys have decided this deal's done? Where are you at? I'm, you I believe it's done. I just don't know how to do it with okay. being a good person, being a good man, and you know, not yeah. leave them high and dry because I just 
I have a hard time with that. All right, so here's what I would recommend. I I think you need to go see some counseling on your end and get as healthy as you can because you're dealing with a lot, and I want you as clear as you can be with these decisions you got to make. I'd also like you to see a pastor. Uh, that you where you go to church and just walk through what do you feel is your responsibility uh, when this marriage dissolves but if this thing is over uh, you're not responsible for her and this kid long term if she's going to keep making bad decisions so you're going to have to walk through all of this and do what you believe is right it continues to amaze me how identity thieves keep finding ways to use our own identities against us. Not only do they commit crimes related to financial fraud, medical ID theft, and insurance benefit fraud, but now we have to deal with home title fraud. Thieves are using your own personal info to take ownership of your home so they can take out loans, and you end up with a pile of debt and foreclosure notices. Over 4,000 data breaches happened in 2018, exposing 3.6 billion records. So thieves have plenty of identities to use, and there's a one in five chance it will be yours. That's why Xander Insurance is the only program I use and recommend. Their plan covers all types of identity theft, and it takes over all the work if you become a victim. Visit Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I am Rachel Cruz hosting this hour with Ken Coleman. And Ken, you know, one of the reasons we talk to people all the time about becoming financially free, not owing anyone anything, is it not only just gives you margin, but it gives you options. It gives you freedom to actually dictate your own life versus, say, being stuck in a job you hate just to pay these bills. I mean, it just gives you the ability to have choices again in life. Yeah. And and that's huge. And I feel like, you know, you and Stacey, you guys have experienced that. But yeah. that's such a benefit oh. of this message yeah. that, um, it does, that that benefit doesn't have dollars and cents directly attached to it it's more of a concept and an idea that is so true that not a lot of people in personal finance talk about when they talk about good debt and leveraging and making it work for you all of this they don't talk about the effects of just when you don't owe anyone anything you have autonomy and you yeah. have options yeah you know it's it's true stacy and i and I, and I want people to hear this that are that are sitting there in the middle of this or they're getting ready to start this. They've just joined the show and they're going, okay, the baby steps, I get it. I want to get rid of debt in my life. I want to have financial peace. But I want you to think of it beyond just the financial peace. When Dave has said for decades, live and give like, some, like no one else, uh, the idea here is, is that you really are free. When we ask people that step on that stage all the time across the studio from us, uh, you know, what does it feel like? And, it, and the, the emotions are, it just feels so freeing. And, and what happens is, is now they, they, they can decide to do things that they never could before. And so um, I'll take people back. If you don't know our story, uh, I was in my early 30s when I decided to make a wholesale career change. I was yeah. heading one direction. 30 what? 30 31, 32 when I decided uh, that I thought it was time to pivot, but I, I, I struggled for two years just to get the confidence uh, to step out and do it. It wasn't from a money standpoint. It was actually, do I have the talent mm. to pull this off? Yeah, it's a risk. Can I provide for my family if I move into broadcasting? Well, when we finally decided that it was time to, to take a shot, uh, we were, uh, let's see, I was 34 34, 35, we had three kids, um, 
and we had a nice home, nice neighborhood, and we decided we were going to go all in on my radio show, which was in the Atlanta area, the, the Ken Coleman show. And I said, okay, I can speak. I had already gotten my first book deal, uh, but we're going to go all in on this radio show, get sponsors for it. And one of the things that we decided to do, and again, this is because we could, we had walked through the baby steps, we had taught FPU, so we knew how to squeeze. And so we decided we were going to pull back um, on our expenses, and we were we knew we were going to make less money for a season. Yep. This was a calculated risk, Rachel. Yes, yes, Not totally. a crazy risk, just, mm-hmm. all right, we're going to give this a run for one to two years. We know how to budget. We know how to cut. One of the things we did was we decided to sell our house because we were going to make a nice windfall from it, but we were going to save that, and then we were going to rent and cut our expenses drastically. Smaller house. So we did that, and about a year into that move, uh, God opened up the door to actually come here to Ramsey, and that was not a part of the – we didn't see that. We just were like, we're going to step out and do this. And when we did it, uh, God stepped in. And and for somebody out there that's going, okay, all this God stuff, I don't go to church, I get it. So let's remove this, the, 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 the spiritual blessing part that we see. But what was actually practical for us is that because we didn't have debt, because we knew how to manage our money and budget and we knew how to cut, 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 cut when we paid off all of our debt, we realized that we could take a calculated risk and not go backwards financially. Long-term. Short-term, yeah. yes, not long-term. And so we look back on that fondly, Stacy and I, as we wouldn't have had so much faith if we didn't have the financial freedom to say, we can pull this off. So we, I tell the story to say, whatever your situation is, folks, on the other end of this debt-free journey, these baby steps, it's not just college funds paid for. It's not just a nice retirement. It's not just a paid-for house. It's really margin. Yes. And when you have margin financially, watch this, you have freedom to make different choices and try some things and live that life that you really want to live, whatever that is, whether we're talking about a professional context or we're talking about some personal decisions you want to make, it doesn't matter. Margin leads to freedom and that freedom leads to that life that you truly want to live. And that's what everybody's looking for. It's just, I want to live my life. Forget the freedom politics side of it, just free will. Like, I just want to do this here, when, how, why. So I share that story to encourage folks that may be thinking about this journey and going, this is a slog, or they're in the middle of it, that on the other side of this, whether it's a professional dream or a personal dream or a financial dream, that's what this is all about. Mm -hmm. It's not just about discipline and budgeting. That's what we do to get margin. Right. But this is about freedom. Oh, yeah. And to be able to have choices in your life and the ability to make the choice, right? I'm like, because for so many people, they're so strapped in it. And I think when you kept saying, you know, live the life that you want to live, I think part of the lie in our world today that we've believed is the kind of life I want to live looks uh, a certain way. It means I have, yeah, nice cars. It means we go on vacation whenever we want, you know, all of this. And what ends up happening to that lie especially if you don't have the money for it, you end up in debt for that, right? And then it gets you right back to the cycle. So the life you really want to live, you guys, is what we're saying is a life of peace, a life where you sleep at night, a life where you actually have a say 
over your own money. Like there is something so powerful about autonomy and to say, I have the ability to make choices in my life. And the hard thing is, is money, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent. We all have to have it. Mm -hmm. We all have to manage it, whether you manage it well or you manage it terribly. It's a part of your life. It's a tool. And so you have to be able to say, okay, I can't escape this. It's going to be a part. So either it's going to be a thing that controls me and the thing that forces my decisions, or it's a thing that I'm going to control and I'm going to actually tell it what to do. So um, there's, there's such power in that. You know, there's a reason why everybody loves fairy tale stories and Disney and cartoons. It's the reason why we all love to take our kids there because all of us want to, all of us want to dream. All of us do dream. We want our dreams to come true. And it's not a silly child's fantasy. Yeah. What are you dreaming about right now? Totally. Whatever it is, whatever your answer is, when you heard me say that, what are you dreaming about right now? What do you long for? On the other side of that is the discipline to work the baby steps to get to a place of financial margin. Your dream is that close many times. If it's realistic and it's actually fundable, uh, then then take hold of this. That's why we do what we do. That financial piece leads to uh, you taking a shot. You got one life. Take a shot. What are you dreaming about? And, and you can make that dream come true, but but you won't without margin. And without margin, it's a nightmare because it will haunt you. I never got a chance to take a shot at that, but I did have a nice F-150. Yeah, I, that's the true trade-off. I don't yes. mean to be so, I don't want to no. be downer guy, but it's like you can have all the nice stuff now, but never have that fulfilling life. Whatever that dream looks like, it doesn't have to be glitzy well, and I think glamorous. It's quality of family, quality of that's relationships, that's quality of right. These yeah. things around you that when people are on their deathbed, what do they talk about? And surveys show this concept, and there's always studies about this about like what do they say? Top five. Top five, one of the top five answers is I didn't live the life true to myself, meaning mm. they're regretful. I was living through someone else. Living someone else's dream, uh, yep. comparison, trying to keep up with everybody else's life, yep. and I let that dictate my decisions. Instead of just running That's the idea. Race. I yep. didn't live the life that I desired to live, and you can't when you have no margin. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, it's powerful. And I will say this too, Ken, because Winston and I were just even texting my husband and I this morning about a project that we want to do. And at the house, and I'm like, and it doesn't stop. We're on baby step seven, but we still have to save towards this thing. The right. discipline continues. It's yeah. not like you get to baby step, right. you know, four, five, six, seven, and suddenly yeah. it's like millions just fall out of the sky. <laughs> no, you're still having to yeah. implement this stuff, but you do it with such control. You do it on your terms and no one else's. And that's the freedom of margin Ken is talking about, which is so, so powerful. I love that word, Ken. Such encouragement. This is The Ramsey Show. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. So listen, you guys, we all have, we have people that tune in every day to this show and they listen to every episode of The Ramsey Show and they know this stuff, but they still feel stuck. And why is that? Well, because knowing about money isn't the problem. Actually doing it is where you see progress. Personal finance is 80% behavior. It's only 20% head knowledge. And the proven way to change your behavior with money is by taking a university, a financial peace university class. This class is the difference in trying just to get into shape on your own versus hiring a personal trainer. You will have a coordinator holding you accountable and other people in the class pushing you and cheering you on. That's why this class has worked for millions. After nine weeks, 
You will never handle money the same way again. You will make progress faster than ever. So don't just listen to the show. Commit to doing what it takes to win. So join an FPU class, Financial Peace University, at RamseySolutions.com slash FPU. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com slash FPU. All right, we're going to go to Brian in Atlanta, Georgia. Hey, Brian, welcome to the show. Hey, guys, how are y'all doing? We're doing great. How about you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Yes, absolutely. How can we help? Yeah, so I'll get right to the point. I'm currently in an internship, and my company offers a 401k. And I think I already know the answer to this, but I'm fairly new to the show. So I thought I would ask, should I invest in my company's 401k or just start my own personal Roth IRA and invest through that since my internship is temporary? Yeah, it's a great question. Do you have um, any debt, Brian? I do not. I'm on scholarship for school and I'm debt free. Oh, good for you. So you're in college right now? Yes, ma'am. Good for you. And how much how much do you have left in the internship and how much do you have left to school? So I have a year and a half left of school and probably, I guess, about a month and a half left until I go back to school. Okay, that's awesome. Uh, and and you're, planning on, you're planning on just paying for school. You have it paid for tuition and everything for the next year and a half? Yes, ma'am. Awesome. Good for you, Brian. So I would hold off on investing in the company's 401k. I think it's awesome that they give you guys the option uh, to do that even as interns, but I wouldn't. It's a month and a half long. And by the time, honestly, you get all the paperwork and everything through, it's like you're going to have to move it over to a traditional IRA after that. And it just kind of becomes, or yeah, it just becomes a lot. So because it's so short term, I would say no. And I would also say no right now too, Brian. It's just because you're in school. And there's a lot of transition that will happen, is going to happen, that will happen that you're not aware of. There's just a lot of life between now and the next two years. So once you graduate from school, you know, transitioning into the real world, it's it's expensive. So just having cash on hand is going to be really important. So I would just take any money that you would have invested and any money that you make above that tuition and I would be saving just in a high yield savings account or a money market account um, for these expenses that are going to be coming up. And then once you graduate and you land a full-time job, you're going to be already, you're going to be ready to invest. And we, we um, encourage you to do 15% of your income into retirement. And that's going to be split between, yes, that 401k um, at your company or the company you will work for in the future if they have one, a matching situation, and then the Roth IRA. So you're in the exact right headspace, Brian, um, looking at your options. Mm-hmm. I just think it's a little too soon just because you have so much transition coming up in your life. And and yes, compound interest is a wonderful thing. And we talk about it a lot on this show, but you're going to have plenty of time. Yep. Like if you graduate and you start a job and you start investing even by 24, 25 years old, you're going to be a multimillionaire. So there's not a rush here. And I would rather you have cash on hand to be a buffer between you and life during the season um, than it being invested. Yeah, I agree. I wouldn't add anything. Stack the cash. I think you're absolutely right. It'll come. Your time's coming. Now you're going to get some people that may disagree with that advice. Yeah. But we're looking at the big picture and and make sure that you Mm -hmm. stay focused on the big picture. Okay. Sounds good. 
Awesome. Thanks, Brian. And well done on all the work and internship and college. You're doing you're doing great. All right. Let's go to Gabe in Kansas City, Missouri. Hey, Gabe, welcome to the show. Hey, how are you? We're doing great. How can we help? Um, so I'm currently in $3,500 in debt and that's in family debt and I don't make a consistent income to afford both to pay my grandpa back and, uh, make my bills. Okay. Um, how old are you, Gabe? I'm 20, ma'am. 20. Are you in school? Are you working full time? I'm working full time. Okay. What do you do? How much you make? Um, on a good month, I can make up to $3,000 on a bad month. I've made as little as $200. What do you do? I am a line cook and, um, I help my friend manage his stream. Okay. So what's causing the big discrepancy if you're a line cook and are you able to determine ahead of time or in the middle of it to go, this is not going to be a good month. It might be a medium month. Give us a little more detail. Um, it's it, it just it just varies um something like uh in july like july 4th we're gonna be in incre- i know i'm gonna be working seven days a week making a lot of money but a month like um january i worked maybe four days out of the month okay what you doing the rest of the days yeah um i actually go take care of my parents okay what's their situation um, it's, uh, my dad's just, uh, he's in the Navy, so he's, he's not home very often. My mom just, it's, it's a lot of, uh, personal stuff. I, I, I don't like to okay. talk about it too much. Gotcha. Well, let me ask you this then without diving too much into that. Uh, are you able to work? Let's take that January example. I understand that you're going and doing something with mom there, but are you able to work? I am very able to work. Well, then you've got to have a backup plan. If you're going to stay in the line cook side of things or any business that you would call seasonal, I'll use that as a description. A lot of people do seasonal work. And so in the seasonal times when it's hot, I mean, you're working a lot, you're making some good money, but then when you've got these down months, you've got to have a backup plan. And so we can walk you through and Rachel can help you with the budgeting side of things and paying off debt, but you've got to have consistent income that will help you uh, walk through this. So when you've got these off weeks, you need another job that has some flexibility, or you're going to have to walk away from this this line cook job and go, well, it's really good when it's good, but I need something that's more consistent. Wait, is that Dave Ramsey? Uh, Ken Coleman. Close enough. Close enough. Close enough. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, I, I have this um, Baby Steps to a Millionaire book, and I've read the entire thing, and I tried, and unfortunately, I used all my savings and everything to pay for my bills. And I've looked to um, talking about uh, consistent, uh, having a consistent cash flow. That's what I help my uh, friend do a stream. Uh, I get some money from that, but. Yeah, but my uh, friend is trying to get his pop- But listen, Gabe, I'm glad you read the book. I'd go back and reread it uh, because you aren't getting enough consistent income. And when you get consistent income, then the baby steps, it works. Okay, but you don't have consistent income. I'm thrilled that July 4th week, you're going to make a bunch of money. But you've blown through your savings because 
you don't have consistent income. So I don't care where you do it, how you do it. I don't care if it's Dave Ramsey or Ken Coleman. If we don't have consistent income, we cannot get out of debt. We will not be able to save an emergency fund, and we will always be behind the eight ball, the metaphorical eight ball, where we're just trying to play catch up. You're a young man. seems like you're, you're, you're able to work. You need to be working. So let's make some better choices. Let's get a solid foundation of financial stability based on a working. job or jobs that bring in enough income to fix your situation. That's right. Thanks, Ken. Thanks, Gabe, for the call. We'll be back. So this is fun news, Ken. Uh, apparently MasterCard Uh-oh. launches a global plan to recycle credit cards. Really? What do you mean recycle? You mean literally recycle? They're trying to save the environment? Yes. This? So on Wednesday, they launched a, go- a global project to recycle credit credit and debit cards as a part of a plan to save billions of cars in circulation across the industry from landfill. Oh, so okay. they're partnering with a British lender, HSBC Holdings, mm-hmm. and MasterCard said banks across the world, and some of which have launched local initiatives that would be able to join the program and help them build a, build economies of scale. What is what? Is okay, happening? so this is my favorite part. Under this plan, MasterCard will provide shredding machines. Is anybody? Who's been listening and watching the show for any amount of time? See the beautiful irony of this. This is what we do. Mastercard is going to provide credit card shredding machines so that they can recycle around three point one billion dollar or billion cards that are in circulation. Yeah, each one of these machines, Rachel, is capable of holding ten thousand credit cards. So we should have one delivered here and, and do put it. it right out. Well, you know what? We should put it right next to the debt-free stage, and people can bring their credit cards in and shred them. I think that's fun. And but they want to they want to recycle them into more cards, but no no not here. We will not. We could just We'll recycle to oh, recycle, but we're not going to recycle to create new cards. I was going to say we would burn them, but then that would make the environmentalists mad cuz that would hurt the ozone if we burned Plastic. recyclable credit cards cuz I'm that's a terrible idea, Ken. God, Ken. Did I just say that on the air? Come on, Ken. I, I, I am sorry, but, it, you know, you can't cause an ozone problem. But anyway, the irony is rich. <laughs> MasterCard <laughs> wants you to turn in your old cards, and instead of throwing them away and they go to the landfill, they want you to shred them. Uh, you know, they could have coined that the Ramsey way. Mm-hmm. I just, really do think just, we should get a machine. We got to know somebody. I think that's great. We should call MasterCard up, Austin, and say, listen, um... We want one of those machines. <laughs> uh, we talked about it on the air, and we don't like that you give people credit cards, but we love that you're trying to save the environment, and we want to help. And we love that you're cutting them up. Send us a machine. Cards. But I, you know what we could do? We live in Tennessee with a lot of, lot of rednecks that can work on machines. And I think we get a shredder, and then we have some of our friends here that are mechanically inclined. They come in here, and they turn it into uh, a chipper, like a wood chipper. So when we put the cards in, it makes that loud noise, and it just spits out the credit cards into little itty-bitty pieces. And just... And like a wood chipper. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? you ever seen that before? Like a wood chipper. <laughs> no, kid. You act like I'm 95. Do you not know what a wood chipper is? I mean, I think I do. It's a big, giant machine. They take a whole tree. Yeah, yeah. And it turns into like mulch. It's it's the greatest thing you've ever seen mulch? in your life. It's so pleasing to not watch. Mulch. I think we should do that with the credit card. All right. I think it's a great idea. MasterCard, I well done on uh, shredding cards. We are all for that. They're not going to stop issuing cards, though. 
Just yeah. shredding the Just old ones. Just shredding them. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the phones. And we got Hannah in Illinois. Hey, Hannah. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you guys so much for taking my call. You're so welcome. How can we help? So I was wondering, little backstory, I am currently in the middle of Baby Step 2 with about uh, $90,000 of debt to go. And I work full-time, plus go to school full-time, plus I have two side hustles that I'm doing part-time. Wow. Dang. So, when do you sleep? Well, I don't. <laughs> tell, um, tell me about these side hustles really quick. What are they? I'm just curious. So I work at Joann's, and then I also... So I work there part-time, about 10 to 15 hours a week. Okay. And then I go into different stores and I do ads, um, and like into like Kroger and put up their ads for them. Oh, okay. What do you, what do you mean, put up their ads? What does that mean? Like the banners hanging off the shelves. Oh, okay. Um, so that's kind I, of like a task-oriented thing, and you go in and put them in. There. How many hours a week are you doing that? Yeah. Um, so that ranges from anywhere from like two hours to five or six. Okay. So we'll call it four um, but, to six hours, so three to six yeah. hours a week. Or is yeah. that a month? That's a week. Okay, gotcha. All right, keep going. So lots of stress. Um, I have definitely felt my anxiety go up. Mm-hmm. So because of that, I have really taken a dive into uh, my crochet and my crafting project um, in the spare little spare time that I have. <laughs> yeah. um, and so I was wondering... I was thinking about starting another side hustle of selling those because it's not a cheap hobby um, and to try and help bring some of that money back. All right. Because so I hate the idea that I'm spending money to do this while I'm in baby step two, but at the same time, I feel like my sanity needs it. What will it, what will it sell for? What will this stuff sell for? Um, so, I mean, I've seen things from anywhere from like small projects and like, Towels and stuff go for like three or five bucks. I've also seen like stuffed animals go for uh, thirty. How much 40. do you think you could net, Hannah? Realistically, and maybe let's just say you took the ads job away and you got three to six hours back in your in your week, and you focused on this. Have you done any calculations on what your net profit will be? Um, not a whole lot yet. It is nice because I do get a nice discount. Um, with Joanne, so I get a lot of my spending. I do a lot of my shopping there um, for this, um, but I haven't done like an actual. Okay. Right, um, so profit. what what are you making per hour on the Joanne's job and the ads job? Uh, thirteen an hour there. At which one, Joanne's? Uh, yes. And then how much are you making per hour for putting up the ads? Uh, 13 an hour there as well. Oh, 13 an hour. And what do you make just at your full-time job? Um, at my full-time, I am, I think, just over 20. Okay. So, 20000 a year? Uh, $20 no. an hour. 20, 20 an hour. I'm so sorry. All right. Okay. Um, okay. So is your question, so, okay, you should not start another side hustle. You you need to be efficient right now. And I love that you're working. So let me first applaud you for working. But Rachel, I, I think that the hobby, uh, I don't like that it's an expensive hobby. 
Uh, but I understand having a little bit of a, a mental break and having something to kind of recharge with. But I don't think this is this is a wise decision. You don't have a lot of time, and you need to be making the most of your time. And I'd like to see you get one side hustle. So if you want to stay at Joanne's, that's fine. But if it were me, I'd be going, I need one side hustle, not two, and one that pays me 20 an hour or close to 20 an hour because yeah. I'm making 20 an hour in my regular job, so I know I can do it. And I just think you Even need to be Uber, making the most as like, you can. Yeah. And and less time. Okay. So look, you need some time. Yes. Take Make care of more yourself. Money. More money, less time. And just work the baby stuff. And I know Hannah, it's probably it's part of you being at Joanne's because you love crafting. Yeah. Obviously, it's a passion for you. So I understand that. But I would say until that this debt is paid off, your number one goal is to make as much money as possible to get out of debt so that you can then not even have to work at Joanne's. You can just pay for the crafts because you have margin in your budget. You don't have debt. So I think that's the ultimate goal. But um, yep, I would say definitely working, working less. You want, you want to take care of yourself. You know, when we talk about gazelle intensity, Ken, and, and getting out of debt, you know, for some people, they can, they can handle a level of a workload for a period of time and they just go at it, right? And then, but we also in that, in that same breath, we don't want you spiraling out mentally either right so i'm like there, there's very much a a balance here of you hannah taking care of yourself and then what ken is saying being wise with your time choice and your job opportunity choice of, of where you're working so more money less time yeah roi return on investment right that's a it's a financial term but um you have got to get return on impact here and so what that means is all that time that you're putting into work it's got to be a nice return. And so the side hustle on a passion project, that's down the road. I love that idea. Yep. Shelve it. Yep. Shelve it for when you're debt-free and you want to start selling your favorite hand towels or whatever it is you want to do. You know, sweaters for pet rocks. All of it works, but it's not something we're going to make money on right now. We need to go make money. Get that 90 grand paid off, Hannah. You can do it. You got this, girl. Well, thank you, Ken, for being a wonderful oh, co-host with least me I could do. this hour. Thank you to everyone in the booth to make this show run. And thank you, America, for listening. This is The Ramsey Show, and we'll be back. Hey, it's Ken. If you love the show and want a deeper dive on your money journey, we have a weekly newsletter that gives you trending and helpful articles and tips on following the Ramsey way. Go to RamseySolutions.com today to sign up for our newsletter. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter.